0: You're listening to the Murder Speaks Podcast, the show that spills the tea about true crime. Here's your host, Wendy Hinbest. Hey, welcome back to Murder Speaks. So today's real crime story is about 43 year old Diane Hollick. She was an executive with IBM. She moved around a lot because of her job, but she eventually settled in Austin, Texas in 1996. She joined a dating service and she met a guy online and they ended up getting engaged within two months of knowing each other. She was in the process of selling her house and moving to Houston, Texas, where he lived. Now, the morning of November sixteenth two thousand and one, Diane missed a scheduled call at work When her coworkers weren't able to get a hold of her, they called the police and asked them to do a welfare check because there was a crazy storm the night before. The police arrived at her house around five thirty p m the same day, and Diane's realtor neighbor let the police in her residence. Nothing looked suspicious. The police looked around and nothing looked out of place. The lower floor of her house looked completely normal. The police found her body on the floor in one of her bedrooms upstairs. She was strangled to death. She was face down and she had ligature marks around her neck. She had ligature marks around her wrists so they could have been bound with zip ties. There was no evidence of a sexual assault because she was fully dressed and the cause of death was ligature strangulation. The medical examiner estimated that she died between 3 p.m. on November 15th and 3 a.m. on November 16th. Her engagement ring was missing and there was a towel on the chair. The police found a hair on the towel that didn't belong to Diane. The police suspected she was murdered by somebody she knew because there was no forced entry. All of the doors and windows were locked. It appeared her dogs had been left inside for a while because they went to the bathroom on her carpet. The police talk to friends and they tell police that her fiancé was controlling and he didn't like her dogs. She thought about breaking up with him. Diane wasn't wearing the engagement ring when they found her. The police were eager to speak to her fiancé. He left a few messages for her on her answering machine. The police interviewed him. He was a suspect. But he didn't seem upset. He seemed more concerned about himself. He tells police that the last time he talked to Diane was the day she died at around 2 p.m. Her last known telephone conversation occurred at 3.30 p.m., the day she was murdered and her computer was shut down at 3.59 p.m. the same day. He tells police that he suspects her co-worker, Ray, because apparently Ray went to her house and did things for her. He was attracted to her. So the police talk to Ray. He tells police he has a key to her house and that he didn't approve of Diane's fiance. They fought a lot, and he got angry quickly. Ray tells police that he was at work late the day Diane was murdered, They took a DNA sample from him, and they also took a DNA sample from her fiance. The police speak to people in the neighborhood that have their house for sale. They all tell the police that a man who was alone wanted to preview the house for his wife. He told them that he would return on the weekend with his wife and he would pay cash. Most of the women didn't let him in because they felt uneasy, but one woman let him in. He asked her if she lived alone. And asked her to show him her bedroom she refused and got his name and phone number he said his name is Walter Miller so the police ran the phone number and it came back to a Matthew Sapolsky he had a DUI and a criminal history whoever this mystery man was he was pretending to be a realtor to get into women's houses the police find Matthew Sapolsky and interview him the police realized there is no way He was physically capable of doing this to Diane. He got into a car accident and suffered from paralysis in both arms. He was walking with a cane. Obviously, the mystery homebuyer gave the women a fake name. Hey, don't forget to check out crystalkiss.com for my murder merch. Cool designs for all of you true crime addicts. If you live in the US and buy three or more items, you'll get free shipping. Use discount code MURDER15, that's MURDER15, and save 15% on your entire order. Check out my YouTube channel, Murder Speaks. The link is in the show notes. The police believe this man was in Diane's home the day she died. So the sketch was him was on the news. A woman had an encounter with the mystery man. She invited him inside because he appeared to be interested in the house and he was willing to pay cash. He asked her if there was a husband or boyfriend at home. She told him that her husband was a busy man and they had a realtor. Then his demeanor changed. The woman got nervous. So she let her dog out of the study. The man asked several times when her husband would be home and he asked her about her alarm system. That's kind of creepy. She told him that she didn't use it during the day. He took a flyer and left a black and white one behind. He said he would be back the next day with his wife, but he didn't come back. She ended up giving the black and white flyer to the police, and they process it for fingerprints. And it came back to Patrick Russo. The police run him through the computer. He had been arrested for multiple assaults on women. They go to his house at 4 a.m. to catch him by surprise on November 21, 2001. They suspect him of murdering Diane Hollick. He served eight years in prison for choking a woman. The police interview him. He tells police that he changed and became a Christian in prison and they're talking to the wrong man. He denied going into anybody's home. He tells police that he was at the radio station when Diane was murdered. But the police pull his cell phone records and notice that he was pinging by a cell tower by Diane's house. They speak to Patrick's first wife and she told them that he would strangle her during sex. She was afraid that he was going to kill her. It turns out the DNA on the towel belonged to him as well. February 5th, 2004, he goes on trial for murder. The police suspect he came to her front door and it was pouring outside. She probably gave him a towel and that's how his hair got on the towel. Then he killed her. February 20th, 2004, Patrick Russo is found guilty of murder. He is sentenced to life in prison. That was one thing that I was afraid of when I used to do real estate. I used to always hate being in a house by myself because you never know who would come in to look at the house and I was always afraid to be alone. But Patrick Russo is exactly where he needs to be. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Murder Speaks. Hope you enjoyed it. Check out my YouTube channel, Murder Speaks, for more real crime stories. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Join me again on Murder Speaks. Thanks. Bye.